Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here today with Andrew and Spring, your favorite internet sex people. (laughs) Is there a word for what we are? Like, I guess we're technically sex workers because, you know, we work with sex, but we're not having sex for money, even though I'm totally fine with that. Whatever we are, um, welcome back to the Sex Wrap, everybody, where we answer your questions about relationships. We answer questions about sexual health. We answer questions about STDs, STIs, about love, about romance, about pretty much anything at all. Um, And it's all based on questions that you submit. So keep those questions coming. How are you feeling today, Spring? I hear birds chirping. What's going on? It's starting to become spring in New York City, everyone's favorite time of year. I mean, you know, if you live anywhere cold, you know how when the temperature starts to get even in the low 50s, <laughs> everyone comes out with their swimsuits on. It's so excited that it is warming up. And that's what's happening this week in New York City. And it's amazing. And everybody's outside with their masks and um, everybody's just really enjoying it. Yeah, I have my windows open. I hear birds. It's It's beautiful. Uh, I mean, it's obviously my favorite time of the year when spring's coming because every store in the world puts up a sign welcoming me. (laughs) A spring sale. (laughs) It's spring. It's finally spring. Spring's here. (laughs) We do talk about weather quite a bit on our show, which is we are not um, a weather podcast, but I do kind of love it. Oh, jeez. It is sunny. No, um, Spring and I both went to Penn State and it was crazy. There's this building called The Hub and it it's, doesn't matter. But there's this great big lawn outside of it. And like 50 degrees, people were in bikinis and dudes were in shorts just like laying out in the freezing cold in the 50s. I mean, that's a big change, though, from a couple of weeks ago. So it's... It feels like heaven. <laughs> you know, my favorite thing about this spring is that I feel like there's been this breath of hope in the world that things are like, not all things, but many things are slowly starting to get better, that like COVID deaths are going down, that more and more people are vaccinated. Um, and this is actually our one year COVID episode anniversary. So one year ago from from the time you're listening to this, Spring and I gave our first episode about like, holy crap, we're in lockdown. And then we had a whole series, like several <laughs> months of episodes saying like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I handle long distance relationship versus, oh my gosh, I'm tired of being around this person 24 seven. What do I do? Um, but a year in like glimmer of hope. Uh, I think we should talk about glimmer of hope for just, just a minute. And and the thing that I want to talk about it is like, um, vaccinations, right? Yeah. It's so exciting that so many States are doing such a great job of rolling out the vaccinations. I know it's a, it's a complicated logistical procedure and a lot of States are, you know, figuring that out. And, um, we're seeing more and more people becoming eligible and yeah, I think it's really important that people get that vaccine as soon as you are eligible. I mean, and and every state is doing it a little bit differently, but I mean, I have friends who've waited outside of a vaccine site and at the end of the day, they had some leftover and they have to use it, especially the Moderna and the Pfizer, like they don't last very long. So, um, 
if you're on the list of people who are eligible, like just, just go get your vaccine because not only are you protecting yourself, you're protecting everybody else around you. Um, and I know, I mean, I've had friends say like, well, I don't want to get mine because, you know, my grandmother in a different state hasn't gotten hers. Or, you know, I hear there's some people who haven't been able to get access who should get access. Um, and it is really sad that, that you know, that your grandmother hasn't been able to get it yet. But if you're on a list and it's available and you can get it, you're protecting yourself, but you're also protecting your grandmother, right? The way that yeah. viruses work, like you got to got to get it when you can. Yeah. And, you know, then if you want to do some advocacy and if you want to do support and if you want to help people who are having trouble getting appointments or whatever, you can do that also. So, you know, just by saying I'm not going to get the vaccine until others have had it, that doesn't um, support anyone. So yeah, if you're eligible, get the vaccine and then do what you can to help other people get it as well. Yeah. We're not saying fly down to Florida where I live and, you know, jump in line in front of people and then, you know, corruptedly grab it. Uh, we're <laughs> saying like, if it's legit in your state, go and get it. Um, and, and Spring and I are both fully vaccinated. How do you feel about the world world now that you're all vaccinated? Um, I mean, it's like there was this huge weight on my shoulders that I knew was there and that when I was then fully vaccinated, magically disappeared. And I didn't think that would happen. Like I thought I would still be so nervous and anxious all the time. Like this just underlying level of anxiety about COVID and, um, that's gone. I mean, I still wear my mask and I still, um, do all of the appropriate public health precautions. And, um, but you know, it's that like sense of inner peace and like just a huge dial down on the like <laughs> level of ever present anxiety. And that is uh, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so, I mean, um, yeah, I, I can't say how great that feels. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Like I'm not like, I don't, I don't have a phobia of germs, but I am certainly like human touch averse. I don't like hugs and I don't like I already had some issues with, you know, not liking being in public spaces because of people being sick, um, coughing and sneezing, etc. And uh, I really struggled in COVID. I did not leave my condo, I think, for five months, a single time for anything. Like I didn't walk outside. Uh and getting the vaccine and knowing I'm vaccinated, I, I still use all the protective procedures. My hands look like I'm 75 years old because I still, <laughs> you know, use hand sanitizer whenever I touch anything outside and I still wear masks. But I like the way that Spring framed it. She said, like, there's this big weight hanging over her that's now just gone. And you feel like you have more freedom. You feel like you can go out into the world. Like, I've actually gone shopping. I've taken flights to visit family. Like, I've done things that make me feel and I think that's where like you know that that sense of normalcy or the sense of like you know like spring said like some mental peace um and it's really nice like visiting family people I hadn't seen in a long time and Fauci came out and said and the CDC came out and said like now if you and someone else are vaccinated you can hang out together and it's totally fine I've also seen some articles that said if you're vaccinated you can have sex with other people Oh <gasps> Could you imagine what that must be like? <laughs> uh, 
I uh, I think that we need to contact some condom companies so they can sponsor us. So over the next couple of weeks, can be like, hey, everybody, listen to us. Free condoms. Get some condoms. It's kind of like the Olympics. You know, at the Olympics, they supply. There's only, like, you know, a couple, like tens of thousands of athletes and they provide them hundreds of thousands of condoms and they use them all. Well, you know what they should be doing when you get your second dose of the vaccine, they should just be handing you condoms. <laughs> Here you go, people. Good luck. <laughs> Enter yeah. the world again. Here you go. I mean, I think it's going to be a really interesting dating scene for quite a while afterwards because people have been getting all of their dating and relationship and sexual advice from Netflix and Hulu. Um, <laughs> which brings me to our question for today. That was my little segue, everyone. Um, so over the last year, uh, Netflix and Hulu have come out with a ton of shows with a lot of sexual content. And every time that happens, we get questions questions from listeners asking us, like, what do we think about these shows? Should we review the show? I think we need to bring the review segment back so we could review things. But then Spring and I would both have to watch all of them. Don't worry. I've watched all the sexy shows. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> no, no need for us to go do something. I'm already doing it. Don't worry. So, But the sexy shows that we're, that we're talking about today are all of those sexy shows that have three ways or threesomes. Um, and with those came a whole bunch of questions about, like, how do they work and what should we do? And um, I mean, should I have sex with my roommates, plural, and on and on and on. All of these questions came up. Um, and we're talking about shows like Sex Education and Sense8 and Easy Utopia and Love and Nymphomaniac. And the list goes on and on and on. So if you have been on your couch for the last year because of COVID watching Netflix, you've been watching people have three ways. And Spring and I are just going to talk a little bit today about three ways and maybe some good practices or what to expect and then maybe some good reasons or bad reasons to move into having that kind of sex. So spring, what do you think about three ways? I think um, any type of sexual activity with other people is exciting. Um, it is a great way to connect with other people and when it's done consensually and, you know, with, um, thought it can be really amazing, you know? And so any type of group sex, whether it's three or more people involved involves actually a lot more communication. So, you know, you know how people don't like to communicate about sex? You know that? Do you know uh, that? You know how that's the answer to every single question yeah, on our show? Talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> so there's this like communication that you have to have about sex. Like besides the consent part, you definitely have to do that. But then there's other communication that needs to happen. Like whether you like something, whether you don't like something, whether you want something else, whether something is too hard, too fast, too slow, too whatever. Like there has to be this communication happening. And when you add people into the mix, that communication like multiplies exponentially. It's not just like you add another person. So it's like another little bit. It's like, there is a lot more communication that needs to happen. And I think that's one of the things that people forget about the most when they think about a threesome. They're like, oh, that sounds sexy. And they never think, oh, we're going to have to have a lot of communication about that. Well, I mean, all of these shows that I, men I mentioned, like the three ways in them just sort of spontaneously happen and, you know, and everyone has a good time most of the time and then they move on. Um, I think it's really important to think about like why people enter into three ways. Like, sure, it may look like a lot of fun and a lot of the messages we get, like they seem kind of taboo and they seem kind of foreign to us. Um, but, uh, 
the reasons why people enter into threesomes or three ways, I think are really important to discuss as well. So Spring is, is absolutely right. Like we have to talk about sexual communication. Like you should be talking about sex with your partner. And when partners be, partner becomes partners, like you have to double the amount of communication or if not more than that. Um, and it's more than just consent. It's, it's really building out like what people want. Um, and I think the reasons why people ask for three ways or why people engage in three ways are really important as well. And by like reasons, like so many times in my life, I've had friends say, oh, well, you know, our sex isn't very fun anymore, or I think we need to spice it up. Or if those are your reasons for engaging in three ways, I, I have some pretty bad news for you, right? <laughs> Most of the time, if you're using a three way, to try to resolve uh, an existing sex problem in your relationship, you're in for a bad time, right? Like three ways are not going to be solutions most of the time for people who are having other sexual communication or other sexual issues. So like if your reason is, yeah, sex with you is kind of boring or I don't feel like we're spicy anymore and uh, adding a third person to a dysfunctional sexual relationship is going to not make it spicy, it's going to increase that dysfunction most of the time. Not all the time, right? Like Spring and I today, everything we're going to talk about, like sure, there are absolutely exceptions to the rules where like the third person comes in and everything gets spicy and great. But for most most of the time, if we're talking about three ways or threesomes, adding that third person just make things, makes things more complicated and more difficult. So, so if you're trying to fix something, don't rely on some <laughs> sexual thing because people are always trying to fix things uh, through sex, um, which I think is hilarious. Um, and then, uh, so that's not a good reason. What is a good reason? Um uh, the only the only good reason I can think of is that you both you and your partner are mutually attracted to a third person and that third person is mutually attracted to both of you and you all want to engage in some playful sexy time together. I mean, is is there another reason to have one? I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are lots of other kinds of reasons out there, but it's about people who are having like healthy, happy sex lives, right? Who are like, oh, there's this mutual attraction between all of us. And then you bring in that third person who is also mutually wanting sex with everybody and then moving forward with that. But um, I mean, I think a better way to think about three ways is like not the cherry on top or like, oh, look, I've got this award or I have this achievement or I've accomplished this or I have this badge of honor. It's the, well, we were already having a pretty happy, healthy sex life and we decided that this would be a really nice thing to add to it. Um, and often for a lot of people, you know, a, a third person is something that happens once in a while. It's something that's temporary. But, you know, there are actually a lot of multi-person relationships as well. Um, so there's lots of different ways that we can look at it, but there are not a lot of healthy uh, decision-making trees that get us to that point. Um, I mean, I, I talk to, to, to people pretty frequently who, well, we were drunk and thought it would be fun. And no, 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 no. Like drinking leading to three ways is almost always going to be a Bad terrible, terrible idea. disaster on the other side. Right. We know that drinking alcohol and using drugs can change the way that we make decisions, can make a lot of things that seem like a really bad plan when we're sober, a really fun plan when we're drunk or high. And just just be really careful. So if you are thinking about three ways, um, 
do not use drugs and alcohol to mediate those decisions. Make sure that you're making these decisions when you're sober, with good communication, with all parties involved. Um, but uh, all right, so the reasons why people want to have freeways are varied, but if most of the time you want to make sure that the reason is everybody's involved and everybody's interested and everybody is there. Um, Media often sells us this portrait of threesomes where it's a man who pressures a woman into finding another woman so that they can have a three-way. And then often the the woman in the relationship at the beginning feels really excluded. And then when people have three-ways, this trope pans out because that's sort of the expectation and everything that's set up. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Spring? Yeah. So what you're talking about kind of is this like guest star appearance, right? So it's like there's a couple and then they invite in this third person as this like very special person to be there for the evening. And I think that that is a very problematic way to start off a threesome because it should be three people who are all engaging fairly equally throughout this experience, you know, and making choices together and all really listening to each other. And so if you kind of set it up as like one person's the star, I think that just sets up the, um, not a like great, uh, playing field for everybody involved. And, um, so yeah, if it is a male-female relationship and they are bringing in another female, then yes, that first female in the relationship could very likely feel left out of the threesome in some ways because her partner is so excited to have this new female to interact with sexually. And so that becomes a very um, negative experience for a lot of couples when they do that because the uh, female in the relationship um, can can lead to like feeling insecure in the relationship and some jealousy, right? And even though she wanted oh. to be a part of that experience, the way the experience played out wasn't very supportive of her. And that's just, that. of course, that's not what always happens, but that is one of the typical things that we see happening here. And I think that just that yeah. setup of this like guest star though really contributes to that. And it's just like how, you, how you're even framing this whole interaction from the very beginning really has a lot to determine how it turns out, I think. I mean, that whole jealousy word, it is such a big deal. Um, we are taught our whole lives that our sexuality is only meant for one person and that other person's sexuality is ours and that we have this weird sense of ownership of it. Unless you do a lot of work, um, we are taught to be jealous our whole lives. And that jealousy that happens during three ways is usually persistent afterwards as well. Um, we've seen that in many relationships, like a three-way is the trigger for the dissolution or the breakup of that relationship over time because people didn't do the work ahead of time. I also think that there's a really big deal or a really big issue uh, with three-ways where women are expected to be bisexual with other women. Um, and if a woman is not bisexual, inviting another woman into that relationship is also going to be problematic as well. Um, but we do need to take a short break. So we're going to continue talking about jealousy and like these expectations that are placed on women and men. Um, so we'll be right back. Hey, 
Hey everybody, welcome back to The Sex Wrap. Today we're talking about three ways and should we have them and what should it look like and all of these other questions that have come up based on uh, all of these Netflix shows. Uh, <laughs> So we were just talking about jealousy. Jealousy is a, a huge factor in threesomes and three ways and can lead to some really negative long-term consequences in relationships if you don't do enough work with your partner ahead of time. And then after that, I had mentioned, like, there's these weird expectations, mostly on women, that during a three-way, a woman can be bisexual or a woman can share. Um, Many, many, many of my friends over over my life have come asking questions like, oh, should we have a three-way? Oh, well, why does it have to be another woman? These are heterosexual couples where I'm friends with the female partner. Um, and I'm like, it doesn't. And I always say back like, you know what? Say, if he wants to have a three-way with a woman, then you should be able to have a three-way with a man. And then everybody gets to have some experimental bisexuality, even though they're not bisexual. I don't know. It, it, it's all like there's so many things that you have to work through and the onus of a three-way should not rest upon the woman inside of that relationship. And, and it turns out that way the most often because we know that women are more likely to reside in the, the middle ranges of the Kinsey scale. So when we talk about the Kinsey scale, people are um, either very heterosexual somewhere in the middle or very homosexual. And males are more likely to be on the ends of that spectrum. So they're more likely to be um, exclusively interested in people of the same gender or exclusively interested in people of another gender. And then we look at women and they're more likely to fall somewhere in the middle um, or you know, just not quite so far at the edges of that spectrum, which means women are more likely to be interested and members of the same gender as well. So, so that it kind of like makes sense, like why we see that the most common threesome orientation is going to be two women and a man um, or two femmes and a more masculine partner usually. I was going to say, or three men. I think that like this, this episode, like we're going to touch a, a little bit on like queer sexualities, um, but I think three ways with men like all three men are probably the most common overall, like not population wise, but by percentage of population, because it's a lot easier with mm, uh, yeah. three women or three men, like three lesbians or three gay men, because a lot of that, like the, like, like the sort of boundaries or pushing like, uh, I'm mostly straight, but maybe I'll kiss a girl once in a while. Like that awful Katy Perry song, I kissed a girl. <laughs> um, I mean, those kind of situations that we're talking about where like the onus of being flexible is usually put upon the woman in heterosexual right. three ways uh, for lesbian or or gay. And I mean, of course, you know, if you have bisexual and pan partners, that makes it a lot easier as well. Um, but I, I think that they're, they're more common in those instances because everybody's more willing to experiment and there's no like foreign equipment gear and you don't have to step outside of your sexual orientation. <laughs> you body parts. When he says foreign equipment, he's talking about body parts. Body parts. <laughs> like, like there's nothing there that you're not attracted to sexually. So it makes it a lot easier in those cases. Um, can still lead to terrible jealousy, can still lead to disrupting and dissolving relationships and horrible breakups if you don't do all the work that you need to do ahead of time. But I think they're, they're more common in those instances and there's a little less work. So, so we're talking about, um, if we're talking about two people and a third person coming into this, and then this doesn't matter what gender someone is, but if two of the people have had prior sex with each other and maybe even a lot of sex with each other, and then this third person is coming in 
this is one of the most important things that, that the two people that have already had a lot of sex with each other actually really need to think about and talk about before they have this third person come in because all of this prior experience and the sexual interactions, like they have all of the sexual knowledge of each other and they're going to be making assumptions in the threesome based on all of this prior sex they've had together. They have like some sort of routine, some sort of way things kind of normally go when they have sex. And that's normal for a couple. And then when a third partner comes into that, they don't know any of this. And so the couple actually needs to do quite a lot of work on expressing their desires and what their boundaries are out loud with this third person. Because the third person, there's a lot of things that can happen. The third person can um, be shocked or upset by something that the couple is doing that they think is normal. Or the third person could feel left out or feel like things are happening non-consensually because they're not hearing requests or hearing um, consent happening. Um, And that can actually make that third person feel unsafe in, in the threesome as well. So there we can go down a million different if, ands, and things that could happen just because the couple is making these assumptions based on their past sexual experiences. But what all this really boils down to is that before the threesome happens, all three people need to sit together and talk about what their boundaries are, what they want, what they definitely don't want to happen, what they might want to happen, what might be fun, what might be like a dream situation for them. And like, being very clear and explicit all together so that everybody's on the same page because otherwise that's just mean to have two people like (laughs) on the same page and just like expect this third person to know what's up. I mean, I think building off of that, uh, often what we'll see happen is that, you know, in the male, female, female, um, the male partner will treat the guest star as their normal partner and do all of the things they would normally do to their previous partner and sort of leave their previous partner out um, as well. And I'm saying previous partner, cause this is the jealousy that leads to breakup. Um, <laughs> I think it's really important, uh, if you're engaging in a three-way to be doing check-ins along the way as well, making sure everybody feels included. If anyone is feeling uncomfortable, if anyone like feels like they've been left out, um, put those checks in to make sure that they're pulled back in. A lot of people get super excited. They get really focused. You know, in the process of sex, a lot of times some of the cognitive things that we normally do, you know, sort of leave. Um, So making sure that you put some checks in along the way um, and and make sure that you follow up and ask people, like, how are they doing while the three-way is going on? And... And be especially sensitive to how people are responding because someone might not be fully comfortable to say, ah, I'm not really feeling this and the heat of it if they see that the other two people really are. So like being very sensitive to watching, you know, their whole, their whole reaction and how their body's responding and how into it they really seem. And, you know, if you're noticing that someone's pulling back a little, like take that for what it for what it is. Like, don't just say, oh, it's probably that they're tired or whatever. Like say, okay, something's happening here. Let's all stop and check in together. Absolutely. Um, So consent is important, right? And consent needs to happen throughout the entire process. In a three-way, any one of the three people should have the power to stop the entire event if they're uncomfortable or don't want it to continue, right? Like, 
So no matter how sexually excited or into it you are, if any one of the three or more people says, you know, this isn't work for, working for me, the jealousy is too strong, I feel left out, I'm uncomfortable, I don't want to move forward, I thought I was bisexual and I'm not, I don't want to touch them, whatever it is, you have to be okay with ending it and you can't get upset at them for ending it as well because that is what boundaries are and that's why it's that's why we have consent, right? Because consent's about affirming and reaffirming the boundaries that with what we're willing to share with intimacy. And in a three person, if three people are having sex together, one person can revoke consent for the entire experience for all of the people involved. And sure, there might be a little disappointment, but if you believe in consent and if you believe about making a three-way a fun way to spice up your life or to explore or to, you know, everyone has some feelings for each other, that, that consent piece extends beyond just, is this okay with you? Is this okay with all of us? Yeah. And as we're thinking about like this kind of like protocol for like the actual threesome, like when you're actually in the heat of it, um, there is this interaction where, you know, like there might be two people that are a little more involved with something while one person is a little more on the outside of it, right? Like just thinking about how bodies work. So (laughs) there will be times when all three people are very equally participating. And then there will be times when two people are participating a little bit more and how that third person is included and how that third person is, uh, is part of that is kind of up to like the group dynamics. But but that third person does not always need to be very involved. Like that third person doesn't need to be directing or making something happen with the other two people if they're not physically doing something with their body. They could just have a hand on someone and be like supporting gently. They could, you know, be kissing someone very lightly. Like it could just be like a very gentle, energetic, like I am here and I'm still part of this and supporting it. And I think that one of the things that happens sometimes is... Um, people feel like they have to be very involved at every moment. And, and that can feel very disruptive, I think, because it breaks up what might be kind of like a little bit of a natural flow of what might be happening. So there's this like ebb and flow, right? Like, you know, there's a part where you're going to be really hot and really in it. And then there's a part when you're going to be like a little more on the outside and a little more supportive. And then that might like flow back the other way. Right. And it doesn't need to be scary when you're not as involved. Like that is also part of a threesome experience. Absolutely. Um, like no one person needs to be the star, but the way human bodies are made most of the time, especially if we're talking about different kinds of penetration, um, we're, we're not really made for multiple people simultaneously. (laughs) Um, and, and like, I think tapping out and sharing are all really important um, parts of successful three ways as well. Um, on top of all of this, you need to be thinking about protection, right? If you're going, if there's going to be multiple partners and penetration, you need to be changing condoms between every single partner. Like, be really careful uh, and protect yourself. Like, protect yourself emotionally, and that's what mostly Spring and I have been talking about with jealousy and relationships and consent. But also make sure you protect yourself physically um, and and use condoms and, and change condoms between partners. So protect yourself. Changing those condoms out. Yeah, that's so important. You need every time you're um, putting something from one person and then it's going to go into another person, it needs to be either washed with hot soapy water or it needs to have a new condom on it, depending on what type of material that object is made out of, if it's a toy or if it's a penis or if it is a hand, you know, like use a glove, like use all sorts of different, all of these protective materials and switching them whenever you're moving from 
one partner to another. So I, I think there's a couple other things that we need to talk about. So you've had a three-way. At the end of a three-way, you should totally have like a reflection decompression moment where you talk with your partner or partners about how you're feeling. How did it go? Like, are you okay? Are they okay? Um, Spring and I have talked on multiple episodes about like post-sex care. If you're engaging in any kind of three-way or threesome or foursome or group sex experience with a partner, you need to have that same kind of post-sex care um, and need to have those conversations to make sure everybody's doing okay. And the good thing about having that post-sex conference, um, I make it conference. seem so sterile, that post-sex oh conversation. Do we have to do it on Zoom? On Zoom. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it went really poorly, you might have to, right? Um <laughs> Uh, but the, the great thing about doing that is that you touch it, touch base with, and if there are any problems or if anyone felt bad about it, you can work on fixing it then. Or if you end up being one of those few people who navigate a brilliant success of a three-way, that means you can say, well, these are the things that worked really well. And then when it's time for another one, should you choose to engage in more than one in your life? And we know that people who have happy, successful three-ways have multiple because they have a really great time with them because they've done all the work and the communication. They protected themselves physically and emotionally, and they're able to have a really good time. If you've done all of those things, having that post-sex conversation and having some post-sex care, making sure everyone's on the same page will lead to you having a more fulfilling, consistent, positive sex life with your partner or with partners with an S at the end. <laughs> partners. Silence. <laughs> Partner or partners. Um, all right. Anything else that we really need to say about three ways? You don't need to be a star. There does not need to be a star. You need to be checking in with people along the way. You don't need to be involved in every single act, but you need to make sure that everybody gets some screen time during the performance. Um, <laughs> you probably don't want to record it. Um, that's, that, that's a bad plan. You want to make sure that you're getting consent and asking for consent throughout the process. You want to make sure that you're making these decisions while you're sober. You want to make sure that all people involved are att attracted to uh, all people involved. You don't want to compel or force somebody into an act or situation or with a person that they don't want to be with. I feel like I should write a book because I could keep going like this for like 45 more minutes. You just made our whole podcast under 10 seconds. <laughs> Why did we even record a whole podcast on this? <laughs> that is the opposite of what I do. Those of you who know me know I am very long-winded and have a lot to say. And Spring's job half the time of the podcast is to wrangle me in from my ridiculous <laughs> tangents. We all, we want you though, everyone if you're, everyone who's listening, Spring and I want you to have happy, healthy sex lives. And if you want to engage in three ways, if it's something that you're interested in, we want you to have happy, happy healthy ones. We're not telling anyone to go out and search for one. We're not, we're, we're especially not telling you like, this is how you fix a problem in your relationship. It's how you destroy a relationship if you already have problems in it most of the time. Um, but if you're interested and you're going to do it, and we know a ton of you are, and I mean, I'm just going to blame Netflix because all of those questions <laughs> we have coming in. Oh, Spring Breakers. That was another show that came out that had multiple three-ways in it. Um, <laughs> all of these different shows, if you're going to do it, do it knowing what you're getting into. Make some really good decisions. And, and I hope that you have a really fantastic time because they can be really, really fun. They can be really rewarding, but it takes work beforehand and it takes some work after the fact. And it takes some real searching saying like, okay, well, I'm not the star. They're not the star. All of the, all of us are in this together and we're all going to make sure that everyone has a good time. And the answer to this question, like all of our questions really is communication. There's so much that has to be done before, during, after. And I guarantee you that that communication will 
make that experience a thousand million times more magical. And that's the part that all of these shows leave out. And I would say actually most of the threesomes aren't that great on these shows. It's usually kind of like, oh, we wanted to and eh, it didn't really work out that well. (laughs) And I'm like, well, of course it didn't because you guys forgot to listen to our podcast and you forgot to do all of the communication that we wanted you to do to have a great time. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we are at the end of our episode for today. Um, Spring just gave us the tip of a three-way, like it's communication. Um, But do you have uh, like a specific tip that you want to give our listeners who are interested in in having one? Um, I mean, if you just wait for it to happen forever, it's not going to happen. I do think that like if you are really interested in exploring something like that, like talk to your partners about it, you know, and not forcing, not trying to convince somebody, but like telling people that you're interested in having one. And so, you know, when you actually communicate about your desires, then there's a much better chance that um, your desires can become fulfilled. So that's my tip for the day. My tip is you don't give someone a three-way for their birthday or for an anniversary. It is not a present that you give someone else because they want it. If you feel like you're moving into a three-way because it's a gift or because someone's been pestering you for it and you're not into it, don't have a three-way with them. That's it. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions about this show or any follow-up questions or any other questions at all about sexual health or relationships or love or sex or anything at all, we'd love to chat with you. Um, You can email us with a sexwrap at gmail.com. You can call us at 413IRAPIT. And you should check out our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Sex Wrap. That's wrap with a W. Thanks, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school or just too music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious breakmaster cylinder the podglomerate a sonic universe